All right, so when it's a family Sunday, what we've been doing is we've been doing a series about the Bible and just kind of different components about the Bible because we think knowing the Bible well and understanding the Bible well is important. And so we, the first time we did a family Sunday in this series, at least, we, did, we talked about how the Bible is one story that points to God. And then secondly, we, uh, last time, we talked about how the Bible is about God. And so this week, what we're going to look at is the Bible points to Jesus, who is God. So last time and this time are a little bit redundant, but that's okay. Um, there is some nuance there that's important for us. So we are going to be in one of my favorite stories today. Just a heads up, parents who are already freaking out, I, I think my sermon is going to be like my shortest sermon ever, okay? So, uh, feel, you know, just let that be a, a carrot for your children. Be like, hey, this Anthony is going to be done soon. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 24, where here's the scene. Jesus has resurrected. He has come back to life. He died. All his followers are really discouraged. But now they're beginning to hear these rumors that Jesus is alive, and Jesus is alive. So we get to see what he does. This is one of my favorite stories for a variety of reasons. I think you just get to see some of Jesus' playfulness, and I think he also helps us understand the Bible better in this. So we're in Luke chapter 4. We're going to be in verses 13 through 27 today. Right now, I'm just going to read verses 13 through 16, okay? So... This is what it says in Luke chapter 24. And kiddos, if you don't know your Bibles, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is the Gospels. That's what starts the second part of our Bible. It's the New Testament, okay? It's, a, it's actually a smaller uh, part of the Bible than the Old Testament, okay? So, verse 13, it says this. That very day, two of them, these are followers, two followers of Jesus, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So, listen, I know it's Family Sunday. I know I'm not that uh, entertaining, okay? I know I'm pretty boring. So, I, I wanted to help the kids. I know the kids these days, they're really into media. So, I went to the media that I know well, and that's the paint program. And so, Brandon, will you put up my first picture all right, I'm, I'm not getting the laughter. What's the laughter about out here? So uh, this is uh, the paint program. It's actually a version of the paint program because paint doesn't exist anymore. So uh, I drew a picture so, so we could understand what's happening in the text, okay? Let me, let me show you what's going on as if you can't already tell. Uh, that's a sign to Emmaus. I assume they had a sign. So they're walking that way towards Emmaus. And they're talking about everything that has happened with Jesus. These are the two followers right here. One of them has a staff. I just didn't feel like drawing a second staff. So uh, he's talking about how Jesus died. The other one's like, hey, but the lady said the tomb is empty. And then Jesus, who, and this is what's funny about Jesus. I, I, I take it as Jesus is being a little bit playful. I'm sure he's being intentional in what he wants to teach them. But, but Jesus is messing with them. And so I know you probably think that brown stuff is his hair. It's not. It's actually like a cloak, okay? So this is like a Jedi-type cloak. That I, this is how I imagine Jesus like, kept himself hidden from them, like, you know, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan-type situation. So, so Jesus then is like, hey, what's up? What are you guys 
talking about here. Okay, so let's keep going to the story. Look at that picture if you want to know what it really looked like in real life, okay? So, verse 17. We'll do 17 through 24 right here. And he said to them, this is Jesus, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas, Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, how, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we, have, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women from our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as, they, as the woman had said, but him, but him they did not see. Okay, let's stop right there. Brandon, go ahead, put up my uh, picture too. Okay, so... Here's what's happening in the text, okay? Jesus, we saw he asked, hey, what's going on? So what are you guys talking about? What's going on? Tell me. Like he's doing the old like uh, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, like how are they going to talk about me at my funeral type of thing? And so he goes, hey, what's going on? So the, f- the first guy, Cleopas, he's like, hey, uh, Jesus, this really cool guy, prophet, did all these mighty works and deeds. He got killed. Okay, so then uh, the ladies, are follow- the, the women that were also following Jesus with us, they went to the tomb, saw it was empty, they saw some angels, it was crazy. The first guy, before, when Jesus first asked his question, he was like, bruh, really, are you serious right now? So for the parents in the room, this is what the youth are saying these days, okay? This is, right, right youth, <laughs> right kids? Bruh is a way to say like, are you serious right now? And so, so this guy right here, right when Jesus was like, hey, what's going on? He was like, bruh, okay? So uh, this is what's going on, okay? So if your kids ever say bruh to you, like you're doing something wrong, okay? So I, I have a real connection to the youth. Um, all right, let's keep going in the story. So they, they basically go, this is what's been going on. You haven't heard about it? Here's all these things, okay? Verse 25 through 27, let's see what happens next. And he said to them, this is Jesus replying to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Burn notice. Was it necessary that, that, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Okay, so, Brandon, go ahead and go to picture number three. All right, so, they, they thought they had got this guy. They were like, dude, you don't know what's going on. Jesus knows what's going on because he knows a lot of things. And so Jesus says, no, actually, brought to you guys. And so I thought that would be funnier, but I guess not. Um, uh, <laughs> so, and here's where we get the key to, to the whole Old Testament from Jesus. This is really important. I know my silly picture is distracting us, but this is really important. Jesus says that all of the Old Testament, all those confusing stories for some of us, all of those stories point to him. 
All of those stories point to what Jesus was going to come and what he was going to do. And then Jesus gives what had to be the best sermon ever. This was a seven-mile walk, so I think it pro- most people walk five miles an hour. So it probably took a little over an hour is my guess. So Jesus goes through the whole Old Testament and he describes how every single thing pointed to him and pointed to his work and pointed to what he was about to do. I wish I could have heard that sermon. It would make preaching through Malachi in a few weeks here easier, I'm sure. And so Jesus gives us a key to understanding the Old Testament, and the key is himself. I think a lot of times we read the Old Testament and we go, here's some good virtue, here's some good things to do, here's how to be good, and here's how not to be bad. But what Jesus says about the Old Testament is it points to who he is. So primarily we need to look at the Old Testament that way. Not that it doesn't show us at times how to live, it does. But our primary lens for all of Scripture needs to be Jesus. The Bible points to him God in the flesh who came, lived a perfect life, and died a death for our sins and raised from the dead. Okay, the Bible points to Jesus. And so Jesus said, no, actually brought to you guys. And I just drew a few things. If you're wondering what that circle is, it's the earth. So that's God creating. Um, That is uh, the second picture is Moses parting the Red Sea. You knew that though, right? Okay. And then this middle one, you're like, what's that? Well, obviously that's David throwing a rock at Goliath. (laughs) He's got a way bigger head. That's obviously Goliath, the giant, okay? Um, And then this, this is a table over here, okay? Uh, And on the table, that's like a tomato, let's say, um, and like a chicken and a hamburger, okay? Because... Uh, in Isaiah, Isaiah talks a lot about this feast we're all going to have together one day when God comes to redeem and restore all things. And so uh, I wanted to make sure that was in there. So those are the pictures for today. I hope that engaged you guys a little bit more. Um, right. Cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I, I worked hard, <laughs> really hard on these pictures. So anyways, um, The key for us today is to know that the Bible is about Jesus, okay? And I want to serve all of us today, not just the kiddos. And so uh, I'm not going to play it right yet, but there's this video that we're going to play. And it is an illustration, like they illustrated one of my favorite series of quotes. Tim Keller, as you guys know, we love Tim Keller here. Uh, Tim Keller has this sermon where he talks about Jesus being the true and better, the true and better. And what Tim Keller does in this sermon is he goes through uh, different Old Testament passages and he shows us how Jesus is the true and better of whatever that character was. And, and those characters were, were real people, but, he, but, but Jesus shows us how what they were doing was showing us something true and better that Jesus could offer and how the whole Old Testament points to Jesus. And so this video that we're about to play, a few things about it. It's, it is, it's mostly quotes from Tim Keller. Uh, it's been redone and kind of re-dramatized, so the voice is somebody else. And then there's like video illustrations while it's going. Um, and then also we got the free version. And so if you notice <laughs> at the bottom of it, it was $25 otherwise. I'm not going to waste your guys' hard-earned money on that. So it will say like, 
dandevine.com or something, danstevers.com at the bottom. Uh, that's because he's advertising because he gave us this version for free. So um, just ignore it. The rest of the video, it's really good. So this video basically sums up a ton of the Old Testament stories showing us how Jesus is the true and better version of those things. So you can go ahead and play that now, Brandon. The Bible is not a series of disconnected stories. It is a single narrative in which every story, every character points beyond itself to one who is greater. The story of Adam and Eve is not just about the first man and woman. There is a true and better Adam who passed the test in the garden and whose obedience is ascribed to us. There is a true and better Abel who, though innocently slain, has blood that cries out not for our condemnation, but for our acquittal. There is a true and better Abraham who answered the call of God to leave all the comfortable and familiar and go out into the void to create a new people of God. There is a true and better Isaac the son of laughter, of grace, who was not just offered up by his father on the mount, but was truly sacrificed for us all. There is a true and better Jacob, who wrestled and took the blow of justice we deserve, so we, like Jacob, only receive the wounds of grace that wake us up and discipline us. There is a true and better Joseph, who at the right hand of the king forgives those who betrayed and sold him and uses his new power to save them. There is a true and better Moses who stands in the gap between the people and the Lord and who mediates a new covenant. There is a true and better rock of Moses who struck with the rod of God's justice now gives us water in the desert. There is a true and better Job, the truly innocent sufferer, who then intercedes for and saves his foolish friends. There is a true and better David, whose victory becomes his people's victory, though they never lifted a stone to accomplish it themselves. There is a true and better Esther, who didn't just risk losing an earthly palace, but lost the ultimate heavenly one, who didn't just risk his life, but gave his life to save his people. There is a true and better Jonah who was cast out into the storm so that we could be brought in. There is a true and better Passover lamb, innocent, perfect, helpless, slain so the angel of death will pass over us. He's the true temple, the true prophet, the true priest, the true king, the true sacrifice, the true lamb, the true light, and the true bread. The Bible is not a series of disconnected stories. It is a single narrative that points to one person, Jesus. So, the Bible points to Jesus. I love, I love hearing all that. I feel like it's kind of, you know, I grew up in charismatic church, so almost every time he says a line, I want to be like, oh, oh, oh. Um, but we're, we're, we don't do that here, I guess. So, um, and so anyways, uh, I love that video. I think it's a good video to remind us 
that a lot of times the Bible can feel really hard to read and feel so far away. But Jesus says, look, this thing has been talking about me for so long. It's been pointing towards me. It's been predicting me. That's what Jesus was saying on the road to Emmaus. And so I want our church to be a people that sees that the Bible points to Jesus. We're not just trying to teach you how to be good boys and good girls. We're teaching you how you need to be saved by Jesus and how you need Jesus and how Jesus is life and how Jesus is everything that we need, okay? So that's all I have for us. I'm going to have us pray again. Normally, I would pray for us uh, at the end of a sermon. But again, I I want to push against this performance prayer stuff that I think uh, is rampant in the church today. And so you guys are going to break off together and pray through some things. I'm going to give a little extra time. And so if there's something that's sticking out to you from the sermon that you're like, man, I could use prayer about this, or I'm wrestling with this idea, or I want to know more about this, with, uh, uh, about this idea or characteristic of Jesus, uh, feel free to share that. And if you don't share anything, that's okay too. And just take some time to pray that we would be people that could see how so clearly the Bible points to Jesus uh, when 2,000 years later, it's harder for us to see that clearly. Does that make sense? So go ahead and pray through a few of those things or whatever you'd like right now, and then I'll close us in a minute. God, thank you so much. Thank you that you are alive right now. Thank you that you resurrected. I know that death couldn't conquer you, so you really just couldn't even help but come back to life. But God, thank you for interacting with us. Thank you for what I think is some of your playfulness and then even intentional love and teaching on the road to Emmaus. God, help us to be a people that although we didn't hear what you said to those two followers, that we be a people that can talk about the Bible in a way that points to you and how every story shows who you are. God, let us be a church that loves you deeply. God, would you save the children in our church at a young age? Cause their hearts to love you and know you deeply, God. We beg that you are merciful to us and merciful to them and do that work uh, so that we could give you glory. We're going to give you glory either way, God, but we want to give you more glory. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. We love you, Lord. Amen.